The We Are Dog Nation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. First and goal for Jake Fromm to throw it for the first time. For end zone, touchdown, Demetrius Robertson. A machine Mike March from Georgia, eight plays, 75 yards, and they took four minutes off the clock. This is the International We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'm your host, Nation, and of course, that is short for Dog Nation. And the 100-day countdown is over, and the first game of the season is officially in the book. As our Bulldogs go into Nashville, Tennessee, into Vanderbilt Stadium, on their turf and curb stomp those Vanderbilt Commodores 30-6. to it felt so, so good to finally see our dogs on the field. Now, some of y'all made a trip, and some of you guys was like me, sitting at home, watching it, having a great time. What a great feeling it is to see the dogs take the field. And we go on our quest to be the 2019 National Champions of College Football talking season is officially over, and now it's time to talk with the helmets. Now, I must admit, at first, I'm watching that game, I'm like, look here, 30-6, I, I fully expect now, I forgot to give my score prediction uh, on the last podcast, but I fully expected like 45, 50-something points against Vanderbilt. I did not expect, and then I want to see just 30 points. And I'm like, man, we got to we gotta clean some stuff up, make some silly mistakes and penalties. We got to clean some stuff up, but we'll be okay, right? And then I started seeing some of the Bulldog fan base saying, you know, we're not number three team in the country like playing like this and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And look, stop. Stop. It was the first game of the season. And in case y'all didn't notice, I don't think nobody – really looked that good the first game of the season. Maybe a few teams here and there, but a lot of teams didn't look that good. They didn't start off that good. They didn't start off that fast. And I'm not worried about it at all because as the season goes on, your team's going to get better and better, going to get more chemistry. But what we got working right now is pretty darn good. Can you think about it? Okay, we allowed two field goals. Uh, Vanderbilt allowed, allowed them two field goals, right? So, but the second half, no point. Go back to the first half. Jordan Davis tipped the, tipped the ball and still made it in. Then one of the drives we had, it was like three personal, personal foul penalties, I think it was, where they got a, got a field goal range. I mean, we could have blanked Vanderbilt. We really could have the whole entire game. But, but the defense allowed some plays in the first half, but then no touchdowns were allowed. But I tell you what, I don't know what Kirby Smart said during that halftime speech to the defense. But something tell me it's not rated um, for TV. I think it was a lot of cussing that went on that on that halftime. And I'm pretty sure he got them straight because that defense came out differently in the second half. The offense didn't quite pick up where they left off at in the first half, only adding on nine more, nine more points. But, hey, 
We got to win on the road. And Vanderbilt, don't get me wrong, Vanderbilt, you know, they got some good players there, not like us. You know, got a few, a few, got three. They call themselves the big three, and I'll talk about them later. But, I mean, you got to think about this. Vanderbilt had eight months to prepare for us. Eight months. And they were going to give us their very best. And you think about years past. All out, pretty much, a lot of times on opening day, we got cupcakes. To play an SEC opponent on opening day in their in their stadium and come away 36, I like that. I'll take that. I'll take that. So I got to thinking, right? What was past years like? Now, go back to 2000, 2017. Appalachian State. On our home field. I granted, Jake Fromm was a freshman, got thrown into the game after Jacob Easton got hurt. 31 to 10. Okay, the next game, same year. We barely escaped past Notre Dame by a point on their field. Sanford, not Stanford, but Sanford, the D2 school. 42 to 14. We should have put up 60. But as the season went on, we got tougher and tougher. Last year, Austin P. Okay, with Austin P. It, what D two D three whatever it was there was nothing but you could still kind of tell even last year we wasn't quite clicking like we just wanted to to after the Florida game and you, if you look at last year at the beginning of the season all right from how we played the first beginning of the season to the later part of the season we went even down to the SEC championship those were two different teams the growth was phenomenal that year. And outside of, you know, DeAndre Walker got hurt. Brent Cox lost containment in the SC Championship game, which allowed Jalen Hurts to, you know, make some significant, you know, make the plays he made to help Bama win um, or whatever. I mean, the way that team was playing towards the end of the year was phenomenal. I mean, Jake Fromm went to the SC Championship game, threw 300 yards and three touchdowns. And the reason why we kind of laid an egg against, in a sense, to Texas, they didn't want to be there. I'm not trying to make excuses, but we didn't want to be there. You know, it was like championship or bust. And you, you, you saw the way they played. You saw it in the eyes. It's just, look, put it this way. Had it been Georgia versus Texas for a playoff game, we'd have blew out Texas. Have no doubt about that. And so now I'm looking at, okay, you know, no, we didn't put 50, 50 points on Vandy. Yes, we lost the points on the field. DeAndre Swift said the exact same thing. He said, you know, we did good out there, but we left a lot of points on the field, and we got to clean that up. This is a very confident group. This is a very determined group. And they're following the lead of the head coach. And so if we're seeing that and want more points on the board and want a bigger blowout, guess what? They're wanting the exact same thing. So... No, no worry. If you if you kind of you know you know tensed up, worrying about, hey, what are we gonna look like here, uh, coming up in the season. Trust me, this talent at each at each game goes by, you get better and better. Now I will say with the play caller, James Kohler came out the first half looking like he was 
doing some great things, and like he kind of just kind of held off second half. Got a little conservative. Kind of worried me there for a second. But I tell you what, I'm not going to judge that just yet. I'm going to wait until after the Notre Dame game. After the Notre Dame game and how we play, how we execute, and the play caller, then I can get a, a pretty good accurate, you know, decision on how James Cole is going to be an offensive coordinator. But I'm not just going to throw him away just yet. But I am watching. <laughs> I am mean, watching. But anyway, great day. Great time. You know what surprised me? I didn't realize until my nephew texted me and pointed me out, pointed it out to me. When did DeAndre Swift get 100 yards? All of a sudden it was like, Swift over 100 yards? It didn't even seem like it. Then I checked the, the stats this morning. He had 146 yards against Vanderbilt. Like, that was a very quiet 146 yards in a in in sense. I'm like, man. But he was running that thing. And speak of running that thing. How many of y'all, and I hope it was all of y'all, I hope it was all of y'all, when you saw Zeus get that ball, whether you're in a stadium or whether you're at a sports bar like me or whether you're at home on the couch, no matter who was around, I hope you said Zeus, because I know I did. It was so good to see that young man get out there, get some game time action, get some hits, get some confidence going. And now check this stats. Five carries, 51 yards, over like 10 yards per carry. Zeus was doing his thing out there. Running over some folks. He had a little fumble from behind with him. I popped the ball out. That stuff happens. But I love the way they came back to him the very next play to give him that confidence. Let me tell you something. And Brian Herring did, Brian Herring did pretty good too. Let me tell you something. I, I love Brian Herring, but I can see clearly now. The more, I mean, I said it before, but really the more and more Zeus get comfortable, it's going to be Swift, Cook, and Zeus. I hope Brian Herring get a spot uh, eventually on a senior bowl somewhere and do well, but I think it's just too much talent to keep those two, uh, Zeus and Cook, behind Herring. I just don't see it. So I think a three-headed monster going forward is definitely going to be Swift, Zeus, and Cook. We'll see going forward. Looking forward to next week's game. And I'll give you my prediction about that. I, I, like I said, I forgot to give you my prediction about Vanderbilt last week. But you know what? I know what I guess only 30 points, but it's only going to get better. So, coming up next, I want to talk about we have a chance here. And by we, I mean UGA, of course, and Kirby Smart. Kirby has a chance and UGA has a chance of really owning the state of Georgia. I'll get that a little later on. We got we have a chance here to run this state. And I'm not just talking about college football. We already do that. But I'm talking about sports, period. Coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Our dogs win 36. We are donation podcast is back every Sunday evening. Lisa least the podcast. And if you don't hear it Sunday, hear it Monday, maybe Labor Day or whatever. But, ladies and gentlemen, football season is back in full effect. But go anywhere. Be right back.
are back on this international We Are Dog Nation podcast. And this podcast is only international because the dog brand is all over the globe internationally. And I'm so honored to be talking to you guys and talking on this podcast and and coming back to you guys on a regular basis. I'm heard in 10 different countries. It's a wonderful blessing. And I can't thank you enough for just listening on a regular basis. I really appreciate the support and all the hits. And like last week, uh, last podcast, it hit 100 listeners in one week. That's major, man. I really appreciate that. And this is growing and growing. So I appreciate all the support. I really, really, truly do. But I want to get into how Kirby Smart and UGA and the Dalton Nation have the chance to run this state. Hold on. I already know we run this state to come to college football. We already run this state when it comes down to college football. I'm talking about we run this state, period. I'm talking about run this state more so than the Falcons, more so than the Braves, more so than the soccer team. We have the, we have the opportunity to run this state totally. And it's going to happen. Because, you know, I thought about something, right? In the 80s, in the city of Chicago, they had Walter Payton with the Bears, the 85 Bears, bringing that Super Bowl in. Then in Chicago, of course, you had, in the 90s, you had Michael Jordan winning championships. Cleveland had LeBron James. Go to state, Stephen Curry. State of Georgia, well, we got Kirby Smart. We got them Georgia Bulldogs. It's going to get to a point, and I said it before in other podcasts. There's a dynasty coming. It's not a matter of if and hope so. It's just a matter of when, because it's going to hit. And when the first one hit since 1982, I'm sorry, since 1980, oh, that's a wrap. That dynasty train is coming through Georgia. And we're going to run the state of Georgia, period. And it's going to be glorious. All right? That's what we had the opportunity to do. And Kirby Smart is the perfect guy for it. I love the way he has changed the culture at UGA. One thing that he said at, at uh, the SEC media days, he said, although 24 and 5 in the past few years is good, it's not good enough. And he was saying that even if they had we had went 29 and 0, his mentality would have been, how can we win more games by more points? That's what I'm talking about, man. That's the type of mentality that has been infused he's into the, uh, the team and the type of mentality he's bringing in. And it flows down from the head. Like one of the things, like prime example, that J.R. Reese said back in 2017, and I'm I totally agree with him. He said the SEC championship in, 2000, in 2017 don't really mean that much because we didn't win the national championship. That's why J.R. Reese coming back now for a senior year to at a shot at winning the national championship. That's the mindset. It's not hoping. Is we're going to, you know, maybe someday it's that forceful, we're going we're gonna to take it, we're going to take it by storm mentality. 
And that's what Curry's bring. I, I mean, Curry's smart mentality, his aggressiveness, his his competitiveness is so serious to the point. Now, mind you, he got young children. Okay, like I'm talking about like around 10, 11 years old. He got some young kids. He won't let them win in games around their house. He says, one day when you beat me in something, you're going to, you're going to earn it. <laughs> That's the competitive nature he has. And he's bringing in players who want to compete like that, who have that mindset. Let me tell you something. That whole thing with before Kirby Smart era and the, the Mark Rick and the Jim Donner and Ray Golf and parts of Vince Dooley in later years, that's over. That's over. It's a new culture at UGA. It's a culture where we're going to start dominating. We've been dominating, but I'm talking about in the sense of national championships. And I've thought about something. You know, there's always been a few years here and there where Georgia did really good and we got really close. We came really close to winning the championship, or we came really close to an SEC championship, and then, like, it kind of spread out. Like, we'll talk about the 2017 and the 2002 team and the 2012 team and the 2017 team. It spread out. Not anymore. We just barely missed the playoff last year. And we're going back this year, and I believe we're going to win it all. But I found out a very interesting stat. For the first time since 1982 and the 83 season, Georgia has only lost one game. Just one game in the regular season. In over 30 years. 17 and 18 in the regular season, we lost one game. Back-to-back years. 11-1. That hasn't happened since 1982 in the 1983 season. And like in 2006, that's when they start, we started going to 12 games per season. So, but just one game in the regular season. We only lost one game in regular season back-to-back years for the first time in over 30 years. He has turned this thing here around. And I'm looking at now, what I'm, I'm looking at how we're doing it, man. It's George is no longer try, just trying to focus on keeping in-state talent in. Things has changed. The culture has changed. I remember I was at um, one of the Georgia Bulldog events here at the Kroger's in Cumming, Georgia, and one of the fans was saying that you know that he wished that Kirby and recruiting staff would focus more so on keeping, you know, the in-state talent. No. I mean, yes, if they're good enough to play. If they're good enough to play for Georgia, of course, the Kirby's going to get them out of the state of Georgia and keep them home. But it's international. It's a, it's a nationwide brand. We're going all over the country. Matter of fact, international, because Theo Johnson out of Canada, um, play tight end, we're trying to get him to come to UGA. Like, UGA spends the most on recruiting out of any school. I believe it's like $2.6 million a year on recruiting. 
So, okay, prime example. Darnell Washington, who had <laughs> Miami and Tennessee and us in his top three. Uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say Darnell Washington's coming to Georgia. But, you know, that's just my prediction. Don't take my word for it, but that's just my prediction. He is currently the number one ranked athlete in the country, and he could be the number one ranked tight end in the country if he comes to Georgia. When he comes to Georgia, excuse me. But, you know, he's an athlete. He played tight end and, and defense or whatever, but he's a five-star. He's out in Las Vegas. Then you got Keely Ringo, who's the top cornerback in the country, out of Arizona, who's a five-star. Kendall Milton, who's a five-star running back, who, who just committed UGA. He's out in California. So UGA needs all this, you know, finances to travel all over the country to recruit the best players. So I'm not upset when some of the top players in the state of Georgia leave the state of Georgia like I was before in the past. Because now we're going all over the country and grabbing who we want at will. It's, I mean, like, prime example. For the 2021 class, we're going after a quarterback who's number one door threat quarterback up in Maryland. He's high on Georgia. I believe he's coming to UGA. We're grabbing a quarterback out of Jacksonville, Florida. We're going all over the place grabbing the best talent in the country to build the best roster, and they don't know anything about the old days of, you know, just doing good enough. So that mentality, the culture has changed. What Kirby is doing is just phenomenal. Now, so excited to be back with this segment here. Dummy for the moment. And I tell you, the dummy for the moment this week, ooh, has some serious competition. So serious competition as well. So without further ado, let me announce my dummies for the moment. Come on, thing. Here we go. You big dummy. First up, Vanderbilt Commodores. Played a tough game, best you could. But you guys came out and said, we got the big three. The tight end, the running back, and the wide receiver. Calling yourselves the big three. Yeah, they're talented. They didn't do much Saturday, but they're talented. (laughs) But here's a problem. They compared themselves to Golden State Warriors. You can be the big three. That's fine. But our, uh, this ain't basketball. This is football we're talking about. And while y'all got the big three, we have like the big, I don't know, 42, 50 players that can take y'all down. Big dummy. Then, the other big dummy. Oh, oh my goodness. Second place big dummy. It's Tennessee. 950 thousand dollars they paid Georgia State nine hundred and 
$50,000 to come to Knoxville and play them. And y'all lose. Georgia State beat Tennessee? Are you kidding me? Really? You you paid somebody nearly a million million dollars, nearly a million dollars to beat you on your home field. Oh my goodness. They second place. But the biggest dummy of all. Something I've never seen before in my life. And which gives them the biggest dummy of the moment. Oh, their gift that keeps on giving. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Thursday night. They on the field. Before the game. In Clemson. Hold on. Wait for it. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Time's up. They're on the field before the game in sweats and workout clothes, lifting weights. That's right. I said lifting weights. I'm talking barbell curls. Got the the straight bar out doing curls, doing all type of stuff. You're working out on the sideline. Well, wait. Before the game, look, if you ain't ready by now, you ain't going to never be ready. Like somebody posted on Twitter when I posted that and they responded back. That's, that, that's like cramming for the for your final exam while the final exam getting passed out. It's too late. It's too late. They, they, what, they lost over 52 to whatever it was. Oh, Then I saw the offense part of it and it doesn't look much different from before a lot of option stuff going but big dummy of the moment first place all of them dummies but and you would think that paying somebody nine you know nearly a million dollars to come get your butt whooped will take the cake nah <laughs> I, I guess Georgia Tech said hold my beer watch this Watch us try to work out on the sideline before a game. You know how dumb that is? I mean, you get all tight and stiff before a game. You probably loose, ready to go. So, muscle fatigue before the game, huh? Wow. Don't all your dumbest for the moment. I, I like Look, listen, I'm about to get ready to get out of here. I appreciate you guys, as always, listening to the podcast. I'm so excited. This is year two of the podcast. Uh, I can't iterate how much, how grateful I am. You know, like I said, last week had a hundred hits on the podcast. Uh, the thing was going strong here, it's get even stronger and stronger in ten different countries. Uh, heard around this world. I really appreciate it. What bottom of my heart, you guys can come back listen to this podcast. I guess I'm doing something right. If you are a first time listener, please come back. Um, Tell somebody about it, man. Return listener. Hey, I thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, come back and listen to me. But hey, that's it, right? We're going to close this thing out. We got, what, Murray State next Saturday at 4 o'clock, I believe it is. I mean, it's Murray State. 
So maybe Kirby kind of call off the dogs, but we should definitely be in the 50s somewhere come next week. Like I said before, if you're kind of nervous about what happened yesterday, how the rest of the season be outtake, hey, look here. It's going to be a long season. And a lot of getting better going. A lot of getting better to do. So don't worry about that. But anyway, run here a little long. So I'll be back yet again next Sunday, hopefully at an earlier time. Uh, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Uh, enjoy watching football tonight or tomorrow, whenever you're watching it. And we'll be back next Sunday after we curve stomp the Murray State, whatever they are. Doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what their name is, like The Rock used to say. And uh, see you guys next week. Until then, have a great Bulldog week. And as always, go dogs.